Good morning. On this Sunday morning, welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We have been talking about life in the Spirit, what it is to be in the Spirit. That had been the title since we began. And we veered off on a little tangent just to add a little bit more to the understanding, and that is the Holy Spirit's timing in our lives. Jesus understood this so perfectly. He understood his timings and all his actions and everything that he did. And from the book of Ecclesiastics, we understand that there is a season and there is a time to everything and to every purpose under the sun. So everything has its set time. And uh, having said that, we had left off yesterday when it, with Ecclesiastics chapter 12, verse 1, one of the translations was, Remember your Creator when you are young, before the days of trouble come, and the years catch up with you, and you will say, I have found no pleasure in them. Many times people say the good old days. They remember the good old times. But in reality, there are both the good old times and the bad old times, but then there are the good times ahead, and there are the bad times ahead, and we have to be able to discern. The scripture says in the book of Psalms, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day. If we look at it that way and understand it in that manner, that God has made this particular day. Notice how many people of the past are not in this day. And how many of the people of the future may not be in the future. Because they missed the timing on this very day. So the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Now remember, we made mention of the days are evil. The day of evil. Evil days. So this gives us an idea that there are days which are set apart. Where both good and evil want to prevail. So when it says redeem the time, it means buy it up. That is the ransom figuratively. Rescue the lost time. Improve your opportunities. Take advantage of them. Sometimes people say, oh, I'm just wasting time. We can't afford to waste time because there's a set amount. Once that set amount is gone, it's not like you can go to the bank and say, hey, I'd like to buy, you know, two more years of time. It just doesn't work that way. Now, in God's providence of timing and doing things, even though the scripture says man day shall be 70 or even 80 years, God sometimes extends uh, our, our life simply because of his purposes for us. We can take an example of Hezekiah in the book of Isaiah, chapter 38, and uh, in the books of Kings, where the scripture talks about Hezekiah was going to die after the prophet had come and told him, the prophet Isaiah, what was going to happen, set your house in order. He turned his face towards the wall, started praying, 
And God sent the prophet Isaiah back and told him, Hey, I've heard your prayer. I've heard your cry. I've seen it. I'm going to add 15 years to the exact minute of your life more. So if you stop and think about it, and then you consider what it says in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians in chapter 11 concerning the Lord's Supper, it mentions those that were dying before their time, literally, prematurely. What it means is that they were out of the synchronization with their true destiny and for whatever reason, failed to act. And in not doing so, they failed to miss the will of God for their lives. So here it is, the scripture again, Ephesians 5.16. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. There is no way that one can be totally with open eyes unless you're truly blinded and not know what is happening both in the age that we live in, the season that we're in, and the times that we are in. Because of that, the scripture says in Ephesians 5.17, Wherefore, be not unwise. Unwise what? In not redeeming your time, because the days are evil. Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Understand, not just knowing it, but understanding it. And here's the reason why. He says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, here's something we have to look at. Something we have to understand. It says, be filled with the Spirit. Meaning, is there a possibility that we leaked out somewhere? Is it a possibility that we've not reached this so-called thing of being full, that we have to be filled, that we somehow or another exhaust and drain the Spirit of God? Now, along this line of thought, I want to spend a few minutes on this. It says in Luke 4.1 that Jesus being full, not filled, but full, not filled, but full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And of course, he comes out of the wilderness in the power. So, there is a connection here about being full. The scripture says in John 1.14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In John 15, 11, it says, These things I have spoken unto you, that <clears throat> my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Not just filled with joy, but full. Because that's what the kingdom of God is all about. It's joy in the Holy Ghost. Here too, in John chapter 16, verse 24, Here too you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Jesus was talking about, if you don't pray, there ain't going to be answered prayer. There's not going to be fullness of joy. 
But if you pray and you ask and you receive, then you will have that fullness of joy overflowing in your life. In the book of Acts, in chapter uh, 6, verse 3, it says, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you, seven men of honest report. Notice this. These were going to be waiters. These were going to be serving the women that hadn't been served uh, during the time that they needed help and food. Look among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, not filled with the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, over the business of waitering. Wow. In Acts 6, 5, it says, And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they, jo- they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost and Philip. And it mentions the other five that were also in the same manner. In the book of Acts, it says in chapter 7, verse 55, this man named Stephen is being stoned to death for witnessing and being a witness to Christ. And it says, but he being full, he never leaked, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And in Acts chapter 9, verse 36, now there was at Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which was by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and of alms, which she did. Notice, They just didn't do some, but they were full of them. In Acts 11.24, For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Ghost, and of faith, and much people was added unto the church. In Acts 13.10, it says, And he said the opposite of being full in something good. And he said, O Full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt that now cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And in Acts 19.28, it says, And when they heard these things, they were full of wrath, and they cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. So you can see from the scriptures here that we have used the importance of being full of in the Holy Ghost, not just being filled. We're filled because somewhere along the line, we needed to be filled for some reason, whatever reason it was, lack of whatever. But now when you're full, then it is in the fullness of the Holy Ghost that we can enter into that stream of the power of God working in our lives. I pray that this has been an eye-opener. I pray that you'll take the scriptures and study them, meditate on them. Until we meet again on Monday morning, the Lord bless you richly. Amen.